Is the UFO mystery reaching out to us from beyond the stars or from beyond the grave? Among the lesser-known aspects regarding UFO encounters has been the regular appearance of occult symbols and associated figures that society commonly relates with death, especially regarding the traditions of our past loved ones. This has led a few researchers into the paranormal to wonder if a large portion of the UFO experience may say a lot more about death than it does about extraterrestrials. That's the topic of tonight's show. When our guest reached out and dropped this bomb in my lap, I knew we had to give him his due. The full hour will be spent with our guest, Walter Bosley. So buckle up, my little darklings. Tonight's going to be a wild ride here on the Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. I'm not going to stand here and listen to this baloney. He won't float. He doesn't stand for baloney. Walter Bosley spent 20 years in U.S. national security and has now been a specialty publisher, approaching 20 years. Walter's first nonfiction book was an investigation into the esoteric engineering of Disneyland, and he has since written several more on subjects ranging from occult serial murder, the 19th century airship mysteries, MK Ultra, and the U.S. Air Force. Lost Cities in South America, Breakaway Civilizations, Templar Vaults in America, and many more mysteries. Walters appeared on Ancient Aliens, Beyond Belief, and National Park Mysteries. His books are available only at lulu.com. We have a link up for our guest tonight on how you can find him, check out his programs, and purchase his books. It's all on tonight's program guide. I'm excited to bring our guest in. It's been a while since we've had a chance to sit down and talk. Walter Bosley, welcome back. Hey, Dave, it's great to be here. I'm looking forward to this. You know what else I'm looking forward to? Is this January 13th through the 15th, you and I are going to both be at the Fear Fair, the Friday the 13th Music and Mystery Festival. It's going to be a party, folks. Concerts, shopping, paranormal chats with guys like, well, me and Walter Bosley. There's haunts and attractions, variety acts, film festivals, special guests, fun, fun, fun. Check it out. The Fear Fair with an E thefearfair.com or if it's easier just go to darknessevents.com scroll down till you see the fear fair banner click on it and then you could get tickets to come on out and see walter and i walter welcome let's let's dive into this this was you know i get a lot of pitches uh i want to come out and talk about ghosts all right be more specific i'm a medium and i speak to ghosts okay be more specific and your publicist reached out and said, Walter's got a lot to talk about. And I said, well, I need you to hone it down because usually the guest is on for 20 to 30 minutes. And then yeah. she sends over this blurb that I just read. And I was like, is he available the whole hour? Because I think this is going to, this is a cool item I want to get into. Yeah, uh, set us back and and talk to us about this aspect of your research. Uh, starting to tie death, the afterlife, ghosts, UFOs, I, I I need to know where this began for you. Well, 
um, it's actually, you find this interesting, it's um, just as much, if not more, experience through research that led me to this topic of UFOs and the dead. It goes back to 2014, um, the year that I finished the third volume of a trilogy of books about what I believe um, was a 100-year-old serial murder mystery that took place in San Bernardino, California in 1915. Um, it had been, notice the number, a seven-year journey through um, occult symbolism and, and um, uh, some mythological symbolism having to do with Persephone and the goddess Hecate and the underworld and, and the dead and um, just some really dark, shadowy things. And I had gone through, experienced uh, varying degrees of uh, really paranormal phenomena is the only way you could categorize it. And uh, it, 2014 was, in my opinion, the, the, the culmination of all of that. And uh, the incident was my one and only UFO experience. Okay. Um, in December of 2014, I and another witness in my household uh, watched this object pretty much just hovering over the house. And uh, he had seen it come in from uh, the Northwest towards where my house is. And what was interesting about that is in the research that I was talking about, there is uh, an object to the Northwest direction from my house, which had uh, uh, factored into this mystery for seven years. It's like a uh, mandala painted on the ground. And I had studied it. I had experienced some interesting light phenomena with it. And I had gone out that day with an associate to measure the dimensions, you know, to finally just really intensely document this thing. And then that night, this UFO um, appears over the house. And uh, I, I go into the description. I, I talked about this at Contact in the Desert, and I've talked about it elsewhere and, you know, on my YouTube channel. But essentially, uh, it was it was completely silent. It was this glowing dome with a flat bottom, and it was dumping this slag over the side. Just very weird experience. And then it stayed there long enough for me to run in, get a camera. I got photos of it and video. And then it moved on and disappeared into the fog. It was only about probably uh, 50 to 70 feet in the air. Now, nothing during this experience uh, gave me an impression or made me think that this was from outer space. And within the context of the seven years I had just spent just immersed in this occult murder mystery um, that had happened 100 years before, um, what I saw actually fit within the context of that and all the um, uh, occult and mystical symbology and strange information that, that I had journeyed through for seven years. And uh, when I went and did follow-up research, you know, that night um, in, in the next days, it just seemed to have even more connection to... Um, what I was doing out at the Mandala site that afternoon so that I can't help but connect it to that. Now, a couple months prior to that, I had had a weird 
my one and only cryptid experience with another member of the household. I mean, we saw the same thing, a winged, you know, humanoid size kind of creature. And uh, prior to that, about a, a month, um, I had had a strange experience with an owl. You know, we're all familiar with the weird owl experiences that tie into this. Um, well, let's just let, let me put this out there for listeners that may not be familiar with the the phenomena tied to owls. There are mm -hmm. a lot of alien abduction scenarios, UFO encounters mm -hmm. where large owls are seen in and around the area. And it is a common, what sort of perception that perhaps the alien is taking on right. a form that would seem less threatening or terrifying to us. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it reveals the giant dark eyes, the the strange shape, the, you know, all of that. So that's part of this kind of interesting legend and lore surrounding UFO phenomena, but also interesting because owls have played in a part in history with death and, and time yes. as well. So I just want yes. to make sure that for newer listeners and followers who've just jumped on with us, they kind of get that, that understanding, please. And on that note, uh, the, the owl is directly associated as a familiar with the goddess Hecate. Now the goddess Hecate if anyone's you know familiar with my empire of the wheel investigation the goddess hecate factored heavily in that whole mystery i mean central to what's going on and to me for my interpretation the appearance and my weird experience with this owl uh i thought of hecate to me it had to do with a, a message from beyond and a family member died that week an uncle back east um, by the way, my dad's family is from the Parkersburg Mineral Wells, West Virginia area, the Mothman country. And this is one of the uncles who lived in Mineral Wells, Mothman country, who had passed away um, fairly close in conjunction to the uh, this encounter with the owl. Now, the owl itself, again, like the UFO a couple months later, it parked itself on the very tippy top of a tree in the front yard and stayed there again long enough for me to run in, get my camera and get photos of the thing and video. Um, so I was able to visually document, you know, these experiences. But between the owl and the cryptid creature and then the UFO later, these things were all happening within um, the 99th anniversary year of the season in which my occult murder mystery um, took place. The, the, the things, the deaths that I had investigated happened in uh, uh, 1915. So mm -hmm. in the 99th, there's that number nine, right? 99 mm -hmm. is significant. Significant, you know, I'm having all these, you know, the cryptid encounter, the, you know, the weird UFO and, and all the stuff that I just described. And so I came away from that just, you know, wondering what the heck was this? What, what happened? What did uh, we experience? What did we see? And I thought it was intriguing that, you know, there, there were witnesses with me you know, mm -hmm. every step of the way with this stuff. And, um, well, I didn't talk about this publicly for, uh, about three years or so. And it was around that time that I first, um, an associate, uh, I can't remember if it was Greg Bishop or, or someone or Nick Redfern maybe mentioned it or something, um, that, uh, Ann Streber had postulated a while before that she thought ufos have something to do with what we call death and that that idea really intrigued me i thought whoa okay that's really interesting 
And, you know, about a year later, I was hearing little comments from people that there were, you know, a few scholars in the field that were really seriously looking at this connection between UFOs and the dead. And again, because of the context of my experience and within what I had been doing for seven years and the whole Persephone Hecate underworld symbology in that and, and the phenomena that I encountered, uh, I found that idea to be the most exciting hypothesis presented in ufology since John Keel and Jacques Vallée after him proposed ultra-terrestrials. I mean, singularly, this to me was profound. So I increasingly, over you know the next uh, couple of years, you know, wanted to learn more about this, and there just didn't seem to be um, many people that had uh, delved into this that much or, or could right. say uh, very much. And then this year, um, I had heard and then got in my hands a, a copy of uh, really what is an amazing, outstanding work by Joshua Cutchin, uh, which really is the book on this subject, uh, The Ecology of Souls, which I I highly recommend. It's a big tome. I'm working my way through it. But there in that work, you know, he has brought together all the lore, all the symbology, many um, instances and, and reports. And what you find out is this has happened a lot. People um, uh, are having UFO encounters in which deceased loved ones are appearing to them. Um, and in abduction cases, deceased loved ones will show up um, kind of to comfort them, right? While whatever's going mm -hmm. on is, is going on. And it, it, it's just a fascinating well, concept to me. And well, let uh, me ask you something, Walter, if mm -hmm. I could step yeah. in on that. Um, sure. So like the owl, the, the kind of idea that maybe the perception filter is being altered for us so right. that we aren't seeing the alien. Right. We are seeing something familiar, familiar. right? Mm -hmm. We're seeing something that it's trying to make itself known as, do you believe yeah. that they have the ability to take on the form and shape of our loved ones in the same way that it's a perception filter? Or do you believe that there is more to do with death, the spirit realm and aliens altogether, as opposed to, or, you know, meaning coexistent as opposed to one su superimposing on another? Yeah, it's, it's, it's that classic answer, both and okay. um, right. I'm definitely coming from the perspective of I absolutely think extraterrestrial civilizations exist. I absolutely think they have visited this planet right. and continue to do so. I do not think that the ET hypothesis explains but a very small percentage of UFO sightings. To me, the greatest majority of legitimate UFO sightings, not the made-up ones, just to be part of the fun, uh, the legitimate ones are really people probably seeing um, uh, some type of classified advanced human technology. But that leaves, in my opinion, my number is roughly 10% for the extraordinary explanations in which the ET hypothesis is just a slice of that. So if the ET hypothesis is just a slice of that, and it's not secret technology, then we have to consider these multiple hypotheses. And the, the, the idea that it could be manifestations of other entities or, or you know, beings from beyond, um, I think, to answer your question, that 
there probably are extraterrestrial civilizations with an advanced technology enough to be able to camouflage themselves uh, in another image. Now, they might be able to uh, use some type of device where they can scan your memories and pull images of loved ones out to kind of screen themselves with, right? That would be the technological uh, possibility. But I also think that the possibility of it definitely being the spirits of past loved ones um, showing up, manifesting, it could actually be them. But then on the other hand, it could indeed be the ultra terrestrial interdimensionals that um, used what they called glamoury when they were identified as the fairy folk right? Mm -hmm. um, if, mm -hmm. if you saw them and unexpectedly, and they didn't want you to see them, they would use this glamoury to kind of cloud your memory or to look like something they were not. Um, so I, I think all of these are possible. And I know that seems like a easy way out cop out, but I just, that's what I really think is that it's all in the mix. No, I don't think it's a cop out at all. As a matter of fact, I mean, you, I've mentioned more and more in my work on the show and, and on other interviews that it's hard mm -hmm. to compartmentalize any one aspect of what we're exploring. Right. Right. But I like to know where people are leaning into more. I will tell you, Walter, by the end of this interview, and remind me because I'll get down the rabbit hole with you. Okay. Uh, and, and listeners, I am watching your, your comments. I'm throwing them up on the screen as we go. I'll get to you if you have specific questions. But uh, listeners, remind me of this as well. I'll give you a bomb that I'll drop a little bit later on you uh, okay. regarding an inexperience. And I've been very reticent to talk about this. Um, I understand. <laughs> and because, again, it calls into question your credibility and your right. own sanity. So yeah. I'll leave that out there. But but remind me regarding the soul. Absolutely. Ghosts and aliens. And I'll, I'll definitely hit you up with a, uh, an interesting concept that we can... Okay. Uh, that we can clip uh, a little bit good. later. All right. So ultra terrestrials, we've had a few listeners uh, wondering what that means. What is the correct definition for the term ultra terrestrial? Re really the best way that I think it can be described is what we call an interdimensional, some type of being that can move between dimensions, literal dimensions mm -hmm. of reality. Or um, I like to think of, um, we have one re reality, but it's, it's in a wide spectrum and we perceive and move within a certain band on that spectrum. But these other beings live in a little bit of a wider band and can move uh, out of our perception, but still be there occupying that same plane, but we just don't see them. And there might be mm -hmm. other things and aspects we don't see, um, but it, it could be that each multiple reality has its own spectral band um, with that, uh, you know, it's the same in all those realities. There's different creatures. And these ultra terrestrials, to me, the best way to describe them is that they are, they are beings, intelligences that can move literally between the dimensions and in a wider spectrum of the bandwidth. Okay. All right. So now that we're starting to unpack a lot of this concept and, and mm -hmm. what we're discussing, ufology, paranormal psychology, ghosts, the the afterlife near-death experiences have always seemed to be kind of separated that they're right. two independent kind of uh phenomena that that take place but are not interdependent on one another are not really you know other than the fact that we are starting to notice that there are areas where 
there's a heavy population of ghostly activity, UFO activity, mm -hmm. and cryptid activity. And we call these things, you know, nexus points, much right. like uh, the Bridgewater Triangle area, Skinwalker Ranch, so many of these different um, anomalous locations that pop up that seem to have a myriad of different type of activity that's witnessed sure. by multiple people. So there is, we're starting to see this threat. So I'm pulling it together for the listeners right. to follow along. It doesn't sound as foreign. And I know there are people that are like, wait a minute, wait a minute. But again, we've all discussed this just in spoon size bites right. throughout the years. So right. this is kind of bringing the concept more together and stitching it. All right, please take over. Well, um, you know, the, the, for, for me, the, re another reason why it just impressed upon me that my particular UFO experience had more to do with this theme of the land of the dead was, as I said, Hecate, the goddess Hecate, who is the goddess of the underworld. She stands at the, the, the gates of the underworld. And, and when you die, you must pass, you know, through her gate. And she's the one that, you know, is there tending it. And she's often, because of her, you know, partial association with witchcraft and such, she's often, she scares a lot of people. You know, she seems this dark, shadowy uh, figure. I'll be honest with you, when I started my research on my Empire of the Wheel stuff in 2007, that was my perception of Hecate. And as I went through those seven years, I came away with a completely uh, different perception of her that that was a whole journey in itself but the, the what stood out to me was the impression that my associate and I because we had gone out to that mandala that I described and that's the best way for me to describe it this large thing painted on the ground and and, and we had been out there um, tinkering around it measuring it and stuff um, I I wondered had if we had not manifested this thing this thing that was in the sky over my house later that night now uh to add to that when i went to follow up um, on the trail of its departure where it was dumping this glowing hot slag type material okay um what i found was in the spots that i calculated it had dropped uh mushrooms started growing in those spots over the next uh starting you know, the next day sprouting up and then over the next uh, several months, it, there were just patches of these mushrooms, which haven't been there since. Um, and, uh, it, you know, uh, the mushrooms are associated with the fairy folk culture. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the, the Tuatha Dé Danann and, and such, you know, the other side, the people, you know, right. on the other side. And, I, you know, I, I'm thinking again. And interesting how mushrooms, some of the mushrooms uh, that are being ingested help to open that portal in our mind to make connections with the other side or sure. to what appears to be spiritual beings. Sure, sure. And, and, and again, you know, this just further reinforces, okay, this is not an extraterrestrial experience. This is something connected with, um, I, I think very specifically also the mysterious uh, Tuatha Dé who are the fairy folk, um, the, the most classic uh, fairy folk. And um, the the imagery of owls, because that wasn't the only weird experience I'd had with owls. Um, there had also been paranormal activity around the house over the course of, of those years, and particularly that season, we're talking wrappings on the outside of the house. Um, we're talking um, some footsteps on the roof of the house, 
And there, and here's what's interesting. There were um, always witnesses to this. It wasn't just me experiencing this. Uh, and, and it would startle people. There was one night that um, I came home from a movie or something, and I was the only one at the house. And um, I had this sense of dread and fear. There, It was as if there was something outside my house, very bad and dark, that was looking in the windows at me. Now, I'm six foot one, Two, over 200 pounds, and you know my background, you know, I'd been in the military, been a counterterrorism guy and stuff, and big bad me, I got out of the house that night and stayed in the hotel. I'm not kidding. It freaked me out that much. Uh, we're talking, you know, um, just uh, all manner of paranormal stuff going on after I started poking into mm-hmm. these um, murders from 1915 what i these mysterious deaths which i'm convinced are murders and uh it just you know it it was just piling on to culminate in that ufo sighting again i couldn't help but think that uh it it had nothing to do with ets it had to do with this other stuff and that possibly maybe we had manifested it because the mandala was some type of um enochian or solomonic magical sigil or symbol um painted on the ground at uh, uh of all things a church <laughs> and um it uh it and i think people would be surprised to find how how many churches and <clears throat> known buildings like that will you'll find sigils yeah. you'll find markings yeah. and a lot of times it's believed that they were used to tamp down sometimes they were picked specifically to be built in that area to tamp down something negative sure. to shut sure. shut a portal to sure. create um a way for, from keeping things from entering our realm yeah yeah exactly exactly and uh, what had brought me to all this again you know to, to tie this to the land of the dead so to speak um was after i finished my disneyland book which had to do with telluric currents or ley lines what i wanted to do was follow up that research and and in the book the disneyland book i talk about an intersection of three telluric currents or ley lines that the carousel used to sit on top of interesting Mm -hmm. concept and what what i wanted to do after that book came out was follow those lines where they curved and ran through the rest of southern california and one of them ran right out here near practically through San Bernardino and connected to others. So I, I focused on San Bernardino near where these telluric currents and ley lines were at. And what I was looking for was anything paranormal. And I found it. Mm-hmm. I found a ghost story. Uh, um, I, uh, talked with this, uh, woman who had researched, uh, the mysterious death, uh, and told me about it, a lady named Ann Walker, who's a local librarian. And she had told me about this woman, Cora Stanton, who had died mysteriously and in, in, labeled her a suicide. She didn't think it was a suicide. She goes, go look at the old newspapers, 1915. So I did. I agreed with her and I found these other six deaths. But the ghost story was um, this stuff in 1915 happened in an old park that used to be in San Bernardino called Urbita Springs. And over the decades, you know, it just kind of faltered. And by the sixties, it was practically dried up. So they built a mall, which opened in 1967. And um, they built the mall exactly over where the big lake was in this amusement park. Um, And there's at the South end of this mall, which is at the South end of the lake, um, there's a department store. 
and there had been instances like the 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 night employees would fix everything up lock the doors and when the morning team came in there would be displays all rearranged and no one had been in the store at night okay lady shoe department same thing they would find the the ladies shoes all messed up like somebody had been perusing them looking at them they're probably the the, the most interesting and eeriest one was a, a gentleman was buying some china or housewares for his wife for a gift and uh, it was in the evening he and the sales lady and his little girl about i think six years old or whatever five years old uh, were the only ones in that section and um his daughter was staring at something and he said honey what you looking at and she goes uh the lady and he and the sales lady didn't see anyone else and goes what lady and she goes the lady in the old-timey clothes hmm. and uh over by the china section well what had been happening in the, the the china section was um the employees would come back in the morning and they would find the china settings you know how fragile those are and how they yeah. set them up in little placing they would find them taken off the shelf and set up perfectly on the floor now if they had fallen they would have brought down other china and they would have been in pieces on the floor but no it was as if somebody lifted them off the shelf and set it up on the floor like a ghost trying to get someone's attention Mm -hmm. um and uh it spooked the employees out that a lot of the employees refused to go into the back storerooms and such and this is the story that the librarian ann walker told me and it intrigued me and that's you know i followed up by going to look at the newspaper accounts and found six other very questionable um you know accident deaths or you know whatever suicide three of them children who were poisoned and this all took place during the uh latter half of the year during the autumn right into into december with all the the dark land of the dead land of halloween kind of symbolism and mm -hmm. um involving like i said hecate and persephone and so it was a ghost story okay um that led me into that seven-year journey which again then culminates in this ufo experience so um personally i i am convinced it had everything to do with that and that's why this this subject that you know others were noticing and others were noting and others were uh, presenting this hypothesis that yeah this is going on more than more than people realize and um it uh, it has a side that uh, it's so intriguing that it's it's hard to let go of you find yourself like in a like a paranormal investigator you find yourself going getting very familiar with all the cemeteries mm -hmm. and um you know going into places at night that you might not, not otherwise right. go <laughs> except it, it's it's fascinating and um if you follow the journey far enough you um you know, begin to learn some very interesting things that um, uh, express themselves through synchronicities and, um, you know, your own personal life data, which a good friend of mine refers to as karmic frequencies. And again, it all comes back to tied to um, what happens to us, you know, after our bodies die, what what really happens and well let's do this walter let's yeah. uh, let's use this moment to take a quick break okay when we come back we'll continue our discussion with walter bosley are we actually being visited by the dead 
What if the myriad of other denizens reported and believed to exist in the other realm? What if a UFO encounter might actually be a visit from the Grim Reaper? Our guest, Walter Bosley, stays with us for the next segment as we continue to look at these and examine these aspects and so much more. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap, read a book, or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. 
There's a link for it on today's program guide. Remember, you can come on out and see Walter and I. We're going to be in Southern California, San Bernardino at the Fear Fair, January 13th through the 15th. It's going to be a party. You can check out darknessevents.com for all the related information regarding that. Let's just go real quickly through this. Egypt, folks, I'm telling you, we have two spots left open. You do not want to miss this opportunity. There's also uh, one-year same-as-cash financing available if you would like to sign up. You can check out the information. Go to darknessevents.com, click on it. Come on out, spend some time with us. We're going to get to investigate uh, so many interesting elements and aspects of the paranormal and things that are outside our paranormal paradigms. I can't wait for you to be there with me. Plus, we get access to Howard Carter's home at the time of the 100th anniversary of the opening of King Tut's tomb and the curse of King Tut. So make sure you check that out. You can get information at darknessevents.com. And maybe you want to stay a little closer to home. Well, you can search the mysteries of Savannah, Georgia with me. You can explore one of the most haunted cities in America, Savannah, Georgia. Shane Pittman and I will escort you through the pathways of true grit hauntings. Be part of an exclusive and private investigation of two stellar locations, the famed Savannah Theater and the unforgiving Moon River Brewery. March 2nd through the 5th, you can come out, be a part of this tour, be a part of this trip. We're going to do a lot of teaching, a lot of learning for you guys so that you too can understand a little bit more about the supernatural. All that information's up on our site. And with very few tickets still remaining, Join Shane and I as we go back behind bars at Old Joliet State Prison, May 5th and the 6th. There are a few of the VIP two-day tickets still available that get you in for the daytime tours, the nighttime investigations, the daytime presentations. There are one-day event tickets available. So if you'd like to join us, again, darknessevents.com. And I'll be seeing you all over the United States as I return to Ohio State Reformatory, Mansfield Reformatory in Mansfield, Ohio, this May for Parasycon 4. It's going to be an amazing time. I hope you'll come on out for that. And the ninth annual New Jersey Para-Unity Expo has become one of my favorite expos. And now two days, November 4th and 5th. It's been one day. So many people have tried to attend and have to be turned away at the door that they have extended it to two days to accommodate everybody. You can find more information again at darknessevents.com. And did you know it's now easier than ever to listen to the Paranormal 60. You could take us on the road with you, listen to us anywhere you want, because we are available on just about every major podcast player in the world. So check it out. Subscribe and listen. Take us along. And for those of you that are listening and want to go check out the videos on the YouTube channel, I know it could be a little confusing, but when you go to the Paranormal 60 YouTube channel, you're going to find different titles. You'll find videos. You'll find live. You'll find shorts. Click around because under the live, you'll see all of the live shows. Under videos, you'll see special videos that we're going to be putting up, special interviews, special little movies, special documentaries, things that won't be a part of the regular episodes, but you can still tune in and check out. As a matter of fact, for those of you families out there that would like to have a fun little night with your kids this Saturday, you could spend a half an hour with your pal here at Paranormal 60 and Huckleberry Hound and his friends as they go aboard the ghost ship. And we'd like you 
to sit down with your kids and family, tune in and listen in. It'll be there forever. So for when you want to tune in, you could check it out and spend some time there. But let's do it together this Saturday night. It's going to be an absolute blast. And speaking of the holidays, they are upon us. It's time to get the perfect gift for that perfect someone in your life. You know what I'm talking about. The Paranormal 60 Protection and Energy Bracelets, they're out. They're available now. The 2022 editions are almost sold out. You can get information and how to order them. $40 a piece, $7.95 shipping and handling in the United States. I've got size 7, size 8 available. I am a size 8. If you need special sizes, we can have Moxie Mollis, the professional jeweler who creates these beautiful pieces, specially alter them for you to make them larger or smaller. Larger may be a few dollar extra fee because they will be adding more actual gemstones. These are not plastic or glass beads. They're all hand-selected perfect gemstones meant to balance you, protect you, help bolster your energy and give you protection when you enter these paranormal sites. Again, you can get more information and check it out by going to paranormal60.com and click on the store tab, scroll down, or just email me dave at paranormal60.com to place your order. All right. It's time we get back into the show. Walter Bosley is patiently waiting. I know many of you are patiently waiting. I'm watching your comments. You guys are psyched about this show. I'm psyched about this show. And stay tuned in a little bit. I'm going to tell you a very weird and interesting element uh, that includes the black-eyed kid phenomena. So stay tuned for that. But tonight we're talking with Walter Bosley about the afterlife, UFOs, death, and maybe interdimensional, ultra-dimensional beings? And what does this all mean? Are we talking about a matrix-type situation, Walter, where there are multiple layers of existence that are there and maybe bleeding into one another, allowing these opportunities to be seen and experienced? Because I'll tell you, I've listened to many alien abduction scenarios where a person wakes up in bed being hovered in the air as they float through the glass. And I've often thought, are they truly going out or is the soul, is the energetic matrixing of our being what's truly leaving? Is the physical form there? Is this a ghost? And is this what the aliens or the ultra or interdimensional beings are actually communicating with? Are we talking about elements like that or am I way off base here, Walter? I think we like you know, before I, I, I think we definitely uh, may be, it, it, it certainly has to be in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to consider, I, the, the way I do my research, I try to leave myself out of it. I mean, I was experiencing paranormal stuff galore uh, during that seven year period, especially that I was working on the Empire of the Wheel books. None of the Empire of the Wheel books are about me and my journey. Mm-hmm. They were about the subject I was investigating. I try to leave right. myself out of it. I've written one book about my experiences, and it's one of the thinnest books I've written because my research is not about me. <laughs> but no. when you're encountering this stuff, you have to consider, okay, what am I supposed to take away from this? What am I supposed to uh, get out of this? And um, it, it, there, there's two things come to mind on that particular issue for me. Number one is Hecate and what she represents. And as I said, I went through this evolution of understanding this figure Hecate. Um, and by it was interesting is by that fall, 
um, just a couple of months before I had this UFO experience and, and during the season of having, um, the, the, you know, these weird other weird encounters with the cryptid and the owl, I had come to um, kind of an illumination, an understanding, an enlightenment about Hecate. Now, I will say this, Hecate is thematically um, and historically associated with the um, Egyptian goddess Isis. Okay. And um, the, in particular, the veiled Isis. Okay. And what they say about the, you know, the veiled Isis is if she lifts her veil to reveal her true nature, her truth, you are to tell no one. In other words, you're not to deprive others of going on that path and journey themselves by telling them the secret. And um, through these paranormal activities and through um, a particular dream that I had had, again, that fall of 2014, I, I awoke with what I believe was an epiphany about Hecate and what this, um, this gate that she guards in the underworld after we die is, is actually about and what it is um, she's actually showing you when, you know, it's your time to face her. And Can I, I, I've got to interject one really yeah. weird thing, Walter, uh, doing uh, this show and I should be embarrassed. <laughs> I've been in this for 17 years. Yeah. I've, I, you know, I'm sure I've heard Hecate before uh, sure. mentioned. I've, I've no information or knowledge of this. And earlier this year, I, I had a moment where I thought I might be facing cancer. And I had a very strange dream, very mm -hmm. strange dream. And I remember calling out in the stream, what's happening to me? Yeah. Where, where am I going to go? And it said, Hecate will take care of you. And I'm like, what? I said, what is Hecate? And it said, Hecate, Hecate, remember Hecate. And I'm wow. like, what is okay. this? And legitimately, I reached out to a friend of mine that's involved yeah. in the Wiccan environment. And I said, sure. I got a weird question for you. Here's a dream. I think I might have cancer. This is what I was told. And she said, honey, you're going to be just fine. Hecate is going to take care of things. I'm like, okay, I've heard that before. What the hell does that mean? And she, again, kind of gave me some of her insights into this. But yeah, it's it's interesting that your story is so deeply involved with Hecate. And before this year, I had no real working knowledge or understanding of what a Hecate or who a Hecate was. I've grown up Christian with that Christian belief. Sure. That's yeah, never too. been a part of yeah. my Right. My evolution it wasn't like the Virgin Mary will take care of you. Christ will take care of you. It was none it was of that. Hecate, it was right? Hecate. And I'm like, yeah, I, I came away after those seven years at that point. I saw her more as a, a guardian type, more as a comforting figure. But it's funny you mentioned what you just mentioned in relation to Hecate. Um, in 2018 for about four and a half years actually summer 2018 after i'd had this all these encounters and this ufo experience in particular um i began to show some symptoms which by summer 2019 i went and got tested and uh, in march of 2020 the day before the quarantine was uh, set was called um i was diagnosed with cancer <laughs> And I went through chemo for six months of 2020 wow. and uh, came through it. So far, so good. Knock on wood. I've been doing my 90-day checkups. I've been all clear. But wow, what you just said there resonated with me very deeply because I have wondered, 
was part of my experience anything to do with her informing me that I was going to go through this potentially, mm -hmm. you know, life ending uh, condition uh, and just hang in there, have faith, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll make it through. Um, so I think you're absolutely, in my personal opinion, with my experience, I think you're spot on equating some type of communication there from her because she is the goddess at the triple crossroads. Okay. And at the gate to the underworld. Now, gate implies the beginning, right? An opening, the doorway. Okay. So what is the implication? When you die, you face her first. Now, of course, in Christianity, we have, you know, St. Peter at the pearly gates, that kind of thing. It's interesting. We have this figure, you know, at a gate, the triple crossroad. Um, do your own thinking. You'll figure out what that triple crossroad is and what she actually represents and what she's actually the guardian of and why she would be in the position to maybe warn you or give you a heads up like she did, you know, me. Um, it makes it makes perfect sense. But also what it did, and I think this is part of her function, her job was as if the close calls I had in my profession in Iraq and elsewhere, guns in my face and other stuff, if this, you know, that apparently didn't get my attention to remind me how mortal we are. I, apparently I needed this brush with cancer <laughs> to realize, oh yeah, that's right. We're all going to meet Hecate sometime. And what it, what it did was um, it, it, I, yeah, I have to admit, I started looking at things, you know, doing things differently, you know, um, because, Hey, it reminded me, you know, that the, the clock is ticking and I can't help but think that um, because of my, you know, putting myself in proximity to her and all that, all that phenomena and all the things, all those intelligences, you know, they say when you look in the abyss, the abyss looks back. At, it's the same right. thing. You know, you, you look at, she lets you know in, in her familiars. I mean, I've had Raven visitations. I still do. Um, mm -hmm. owls, uh, the, the, the whole thing. And, um, you know, I wonder if, you know, that she was communicating with me, you know, at some point it was like, mm -hmm. okay, pretty soon you're going to have your own brush with this and be reminded of your mortality. It, it, it's time to get on the ball and, you know, start advancing with certain things. And, and like I said, fortunately mm -hmm. I'm, you know, um, making it through and, um, and we're glad you are. Hey, yeah, I do well, want to address, there are too. some of the people in the chat room yeah. that I'm watching and, you know, some are, are, I can already see taking, um, a personal affront to some of this or maybe, uh, misconstruing. And I know I'll get the emails of Dave, you're going to the dark side. You're, you're throwing away Christianity. I think you're leading to atheism. Yeah. I'm opening, I'm opening my mind to the concepts of a bigger, grander scale to things like, like the bard said, right? There yeah. are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than than are dreamt of, dreamt of in your philosophy. So I think that by even marginalizing the fact that there is so much more to the religious yes. experience than just Absolutely. the three characters or four characters were given, I think there are other key elements because you have to realize that there are many... Um, versions of these stories told through time and tide through many different ages sure. that predate christianity yes so and and there is a narrative thread but the main thing is is that uh you know don't be a dick be well, a good person that's what it really boils down to yeah, so that's I, you know that's a big aspect of it 
unfortunately, Christianity has evolved into something called churchianity. And that's right. where a lot of folks are coming from. And they've can been conditioned to these things are scary. Okay. Mm -hmm. These, these things are scary because I, I grew up in the same, you know, kind of, you know, Christian, Protestant Christian environment. And, you know, my experience with that is my own, my, um, I believe in God. I myself, right. you know, am, am, am a believer, but, um, churchianity doesn't do it for me. Um, it just, that's a whole other discussion. And, mm -hmm. um, these things, uh, fear is often a thing that's you're made to go through to test your courage and right. fear of these things. You know, what I learned about Hecate is she's far more than just the icon for witches. I mean, all due respect right. to the witchcraft community. I'm not, you know, personally subscribed to witchcraft, but um, uh, all due respect to them. They don't own her. She, her, they, Their thing is just a slice of what Hecate is about. What, ultimately, right. what I found what she's about has little to nothing to do with witchcraft. And I don't mean that as an insult. Um, you know, it just... Right. No, I, I totally get that. I get that concept, yeah. But yeah, you're right. There's going to be a lot of people that are not comfortable with this whole... I Look, I've got close friends that have expressed that to me. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Um, but, you know, I consult regularly a, a, a man who is an Eastern Orthodox bishop and a, a and a very well-respected theological scholar, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm careful. There's things I don't do, you know? I mean, the obvious, I don't play with Ouija boards and stuff like that, but th there's things I don't do um, that because of my, the things I was taught, right? As, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in youth, you know, about Christianity and, and I take heed in them, but um, it, it's, you know, it's like I say to my associates that say, Ooh, don't do that. My scholar associates, I say, remember, I'm a field ops guy. Okay. I'm the guy mm -hmm. that goes out in the field. So you don't have to. And right. um, the way I look at it is for me, you know, you got to have uh, courage to, go investigate stuff and it's going to take you to right. scary places and scary things are going to come to you. And growth only takes place when you do something outside of your, of your commonplace, yes. right? We, we all started sitting in one place That's and right. then it was having the courage to crawl, the courage to stand, the courage right. to let go of the couch and walk yeah. across the room to mommy. So yeah. everything is about pushing beyond your comfort zone. And, well, and that's you know what this is all about. Another thing, too, is we're talking mm -hmm. about, for instance, this particular entity figure, Hecate. At no time do I, uh, you know, pray to Hecate. Um, right. She's not my savior, not my God. She, in my opinion, is this thing, this entity that exists and represents, you know, what 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 she represents. But, you know, um, I, I don't put my... Coexistence, my right. No, I got you. Just because I right. can recognize the existence, you know. Um, right. Right. It, it doesn't, I'm not afraid of her. I'm I appreciate that. And I don't want to feel like you have to answer to anybody about that. I just wanted to oh, address that, you know, sometimes <laughs> with listeners, they start getting very uh, sure. rankled. And, and it, the important thing is, even if you don't understand something, it's okay to listen to it. Yeah. And here, oh, because yeah. right, it's always good to know what the enemy's thinking. So keep that breath. Of, hey, there of you thought, go. Right. Yeah. You know, and why but, not? You know. Yeah. And and you know what? We need to move out of this 
um, right. period we're in where everybody's afraid to talk about things. We got to get back right. into discussion is how we share ideas and, and learn things and determine what, hey, I don't agree with this or I don't agree with that. But, uh, you know, it's good to have the discussion, you know, um, so and it's important because it's knowledge. Right. It's all knowledge. Well, we're, we're closing in on the end of our hour. And I know, okay. yes, we can always go over a little bit because I have time travel capabilities on the show that I can push the 60 minutes as far out as I want. I'm Dave Schrader and and it is my show. So, but I want to, I I want to get to the meat of this and and kind of go. So where are you now with this philosophy of terrestrial, extra, ultra, intra-dimensional beings, life, death, and what's going on with the UFO culture right now? What can you kind of what meat can you give us from that? To me, because for for a long time now, to me, the, the extraterrestrial hypothesis is just such a small slice of the explanation of the whole ufology mystery um, that uh, I find that um, while several things at once um, are involved, um, I, I, I think it is these mostly... Um, well, not mostly because of the technology thing, but you know, more so than ETs, I think there is something interdimensional, spiritual, um, uh, mystical going on, and and I find honestly this idea of um, it being associated with the dead, the you know, the afterlife, to be uh, sincerely the most exciting hypothesis in decades in ufology. And again, I strongly praise, I'm not the publisher of it. I'm not a co-author. I am a scholar I an experiencer. I strongly praise uh, the work of Joshua Kutchin, Ecology of Souls. And if you're interested in this, he's the first and only one who's done a, the, the first comprehensive look at this. And so if it interests you, uh, that book, The Ecology of Souls, is, again, in my opinion, the most important book in uf- ufology in decades in decades since i'll put a i'll put a copy of that book is if it's available on amazon i'll make sure that it's in my paranormal 60 shop so just go paranormal 60.com go to the shop tab scroll down to our amazon page click in it'll be right in there in Mm. the book section so go check that out for yourself um all right so i i talked about pulling the pin on something that i've kind of held to myself for a while yeah and since we're talking about the spirituality connection and, and, you know, I started to talk about the fact, isn't it interesting how many people see themselves floating out the window mm-hmm. and through hard walls, brick walls, aliens doing the same thing. Are we dealing with uh, different vibrational energies of who we are and what they are? So of course the black eyed kid phenomenon, I'm sure you're familiar with this Walter for oh, our yeah. listeners, a quick Reader's Digest version, they are a a strange set of beings that are usually young children, anywhere from six years old to maybe 12, 13, they've been witnessed. They're very bland in in nature. Uh, A lot of them seem to wear kind of older clothes out of style, maybe just black hoodies. They want to follow you someplace. They want you to come with them someplace. It's got this very vampiric, very demonic concept to it. Um, What's really interesting to me is how this story has begun to build and grow and evolve. We were one of the first shows uh, with my original show that dove, you know, dove into this head first and we blew up with it. People couldn't get enough of these black eyed kids stories because they are, they bridge act. First of all, ghostly children are scary on every level, right? Real children are terrifying. Ghostly children are even worse. Um, (laughs) Then you start factoring in that these children have jet black eyes, not just the iris, but the entire sclera is jet black. Yeah. So 
in the midst of all of this, I had um, a dream awakening. I'll, I'll say it that way. I've had dream visitations before from the spirit realm. This was something different, but it felt like it was in that same vein. It was very memorable to me, very um, aesthetic. I could feel, smell, hear. Everything about it was alive and buzzing. And I just remember having this dream about seeing a few of the black-eyed kids in this dream, being aware I was in a dream, seeing these black-eyed kids. And I kept thinking, what the hell are these? And this voice came to me and said, now, again, I'm telling you it was a dream. Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you or our listeners. And I know this is where I feel like I'm over mansplaining it because I, I don't want to sound insane, but I'm just going to put it out there. Said these are, are empty vessels. These are the hybrids of humanity and another race. They are mm -hmm. born without a soul. They come to these places to gather souls of beings that are about to die so that it's a, an easy transition into the new vessel. And I, I sat back and I'm like, you know, this sounds way too Hollywood. Yeah. And I came out of it and I'm like, I got to write a screenplay. I got, and then I'm like, no, there's something that seems very, and this was very early on in, in this whole discussion. Since then, they've started to talk about, are these beings hybrids? But this is stuff I've talked about. I've not talked really openly about because again, I didn't want people thinking I'm a loon, but the spiritual spirituality, the soul connection, the alien ties, uh, so many people claiming to be parents of hybrids, uh, having these moments, it, it made sense to me. And when you think about it, and I was given these flashes, I kid you not the American revolutionary war, these guys down on their knees with their muskets firing. And then out of just the smoke came these children running at them. And then it was done. And then the battlefield was just strewn with all these bodies of the soldiers. And I yeah. thought, well, that that's weird. And then I kept seeing flashes of that. And then talking about the black eyed children, Walter, and you being in the military, maybe you know about this. Um, I had a lot of Afghani and Iraqi uh, war vets, desert storm war vets, people that reached out to me that said, I love your show. I'm not really into the paranormal, but I enjoy the entertainment quality of it. But when you started talking about the black eyed kids, it made my blood run cold and I cannot go on the record and I will not go on your show, but you can say that you've heard this from military personnel. And I've had many tell me this without wow. soliciting it and without them knowing it. But many of them have had black eyed kid encounters prior to something horrible happening. And that seems to bleed into this whole concept of then we're the black eyed kids there, not harbingers of death in the sense of they're bringing it, but they're there to call the spirits so that the spirits can live on in these new vessels. I don't know. Boom. My brain's blown out on that. But how do you feel about that concept tying into this theology of what we've been discussing this evening? It to me it seems it, it has a logical you know it, it fits thematically um i i i personally think for instance reincarnation is a real phenomenon and and right. that rankles some people too but um you know doesn't matter to me i'm personally convinced of it and uh so um when i was young i used to tell people that i am not from here when I was very little, I would tell them I'm not from here. I'm from somewhere else, meaning another planet, but I never really said it. 
But yeah. I remember having those feelings as a child and it tapered away. Sure. I'm because more you get big head, dark eyes, maybe I am from another planet, but <laughs> you know, the longer you live, the more you get conditioned into this reality, yeah. of course, right. It fades away because, you know, one of my things with the reincarnation real quick is that I think that we had, and this isn't, I'm not the first guy to say this, but I, I think this, um, you know, we live with kind of this weird block or amnesia of whatever previous lives and why, mm -hmm. because we're supposed to pay attention to the life we're living at the time. Right. I think it's that simple. I really do. Mm -hmm. And that's why this is a mystery to us because don't dwell on that so much. You're here. You're in a life. You're alive. Focus on why you're here and, and what you're doing. It's, it's really that simple. And I think what weirds people out is a bunch of dogma gets spun up over the, the more extraordinary aspects of our reality. And um, this is where the problem with, we'll say spiritual organization come in right. because it gets too diluted with, with um, human motives. Okay. And um, that's where the dogma arises from. And the fear is really a control thing. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, now not that there's not genuine things to be afraid of. Um, sure. I, I explained earlier the one night I was so creeped out that I went and got a hotel room. Believe me, I'm, I'm well aware and well cautious of the darkness and the scary things that are out there because I, I also, you know, think and I'm convinced that there's evil. I, I think demons are real beings. Absolutely. And they're after it. This is why I have trouble, for example, with channeled information. You gotta be careful because, you know, no matter how smart and slick and witty a human being thinks they are, they might be channeling something that, you know, these beings are very old. They've been around. They're very, they, they can outsmart us and they can convince us uh, mortal humans that they're granny or uncle Joe or something like that. You know, we hear this from exorcists, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Bishop James Long is a guy, you know, and um, he tells some very interesting stories, you know, uh, about this. And uh, so, so do other experienced seasoned uh, exorcists. So there is the, the reason to be concerned. Um, but which is why know, I think people are concerned when we bring up names like Hecate, because it has, sure. Uh, uh, a connotation, a connection, a connotation, connection yeah. to to different things. That then, how do you know that this Hecate is also not part of this realm? You know, it, we're never going to make everybody happy, but that's right. the whole idea of paradigm shifting: is opening up to new concepts and new possibilities. Right. Sure. Um, I know this, Walter, for a fact. I'm going to get emails tonight that are going to say, "When are you going to have Walter back to talk about this serial crime?" and okay. and uh, paranormal stuff. So I know we're going to have to do that, and maybe okay. maybe a bonus true crime on a Tuesday kind of vibe we can Absolutely. bring back sure. to it. And, and it'll be outside of the realm of the normal paranormal 60, but because it does okay. have paranormal ties and true yeah. crime, we can spend an hour just dissecting that case and, and digging into it. So save your time, folks. You don't have to email me. You just heard me put the invitation out. And uh, Walter, we're going to be together at the Fear Fair in San yes. Bernardino on Friday the 13th, Saturday the 14th, Sunday the 15th at the Fear Fair, and uh, we'll be there hanging out, talking, and I think I'll probably be uh, emceeing or, or uh, leading panel discussions that you'll be a part of as well. So I look forward okay. to seeing you there and sure. getting a chance to talk about this stuff face-to-face. -face. What what would you like to leave our, our listeners and viewers with tonight um, as you say your parting words? 
Let me throw a little tidbit about Fear Fair for you. It takes place at mm -hmm. the, it's going to happen at the National Orange Show grounds. The National Orange Show grounds are formerly this part of this Urbita Springs Park where a lot of this weird, dark stuff has gone on. So mm -hmm. I knew you'd find that interesting that where we're going to be hanging out is the site of some of this stuff in 1915. But what I'd like to say is um, be cautious, but don't let fear grip you because life here is about your advancement and understanding, I believe, of, of the soul and your, your consciousness. And, and you are here, everybody, no matter who they are, even if they're obscure, nobody knows who they are. Everybody here is here for a reason. And part of that reason could be for someone else. As cheesy as that sounds, it, it it's important. And I, I think it's true. And understanding your role here and why you're here I think at some point in everybody's life involves facing this strange, um, you know, the, this strange realm of our existence. And certainly as you get closer to your own demise, I think it, it starts introducing itself and injecting itself to you. And, you know, you'll have a better experience and a more fulfilling experience if you don't let fear grip you, but you can be cautious while not letting fear grip you, you know, it's, I couldn't agree more. I tell people never walk in a place of fear that just robs you of the opportunity be, because be, of the bad things feed on that. Right. fear. They right. want you to be afraid. And, um, you know, you're not supposed to be. That's right. That's right. Like we said, fear is good to a degree because mm -hmm. it inspires us and it yeah. pushes us, but let that be uh, something that lifts you, not holds you back. Right. Walter Bosley, our guest. Thank you so much for being here, Walter. Thank you, Dave. I really enjoyed this. I look forward to doing it again. We'll do it soon. So what did you think of the information that we shared her tonight? Was any of this shocking, confusing, or maybe exactly as you've always thought? Put your comments below or email them to me here at Dave at Paranormal60.com. Exploring out-of-the-box thinking, looking beyond the normal or expected is the goal that we should each seek, not just to better ourselves, but to allow us to live a more full and rich life, a life where information and imagination are allowed to coexist and flourish. For life happens in those in-between spaces. Will you be paying attention? I'd like to thank my guest, Walter Bosley, for being here with us this evening, spending this time sharing his insights and ideas. You can find more information about our guest and how to get his books on the links that I've included on tonight's program guide. And thank you all for visiting the Paranormal 60, allowing me along on this journey. And may the darkness be just a little more light with the information that we share here. Each week, we explore interesting theories and beliefs, experiences and histories of the world's strangest mysteries. Remember, being open-minded to new concepts is how we grow. So grow, my little darklings, grow. Make sure to like this video and this podcast. Subscribe. Tell everybody you know about it. And wherever you listen to this podcast, if they allow rating and stars and reviews please think about doing that for me it mean the world to me and uh it helps give us more exposure until next uh, friday my friends we will be back on friday with the best in paranormal 60 news the whole news crew will be here i hope you will too right here with me dave schrader on the paranormal 60 mm -hmm.